Not ready? Too bad. Head back, face forward, and hold on like you mean it. Hello and welcome to the Review Time Podcast. This is a weekly show where we discuss all the ins and outs of attractions and parks from around the world. This week, we're feeling a little bit sleepy. We've talked so much about the exciting parts of theme parks that we're just feeling exhausted. So this week, we're doing something a little bit different. Again. So join me as we attempt to break into the Cinderella suite in the castle at Walt Disney World, only to wake up the sleeping beauty that is Review Time co-host Luke Carroll. Oh, it's a long weekend here in Australia, and if long weekends are for anything, it's for sleeping. So this is the perfect time to record this episode. Look, I I always hate when you're on holidays and, well, not the fact that you are on holidays. Oh, I hate those holidays. (laughs) I really love being stuck in Australia, unable to leave. The best part of 2020. (sighs) But it's like I will always stay up much later than I should because I'm a night Mm. owl. And what will eventually happen is that I will always start waking up progressively later. So I'll start the holidays and be like, I'm going to wake up at six o'clock and I'm going to be, you know, all refreshed. And I even do this on Disney World vacations Mm. and other Disney parks and that. And eventually it just becomes, all right, I'm getting back from the parks at two or I'm just (laughs) at home at the moment watching POVs until two. Um, (laughs) So I'm just going to wake up at 11 the next day. I don't really care what's happening the next morning. The four days at Tokyo may be the least amount of sleep I've ever gotten a week. We were, like, Ugh. getting to the park at, say, like, 7 for an 8 a.m. open, but we were leaving our hotel at, like, 6 and then not getting back to our hotel until the next morning till, like, 1 a.m., and then we get five hours sleep and do it all again the next day, but for four days in a row. If we ever needed a nap ride, then was the time. <laughs> So, you, you've jumped in there with a perfect segue. Um, we are talking about the best nap rides around the world, essentially, mm. mostly Disney theme parks. Only because Disney, I think. I don't think anyone those- else has the budget to build a ride long enough that it's worthy of a sleep. And look, we're not saying that these are bad rides. These are rides that are just the perfect opportunity to take a nap. So, and when we say nap, we don't necessarily mean that you have to have a full sleep. Mm. It's just air conditioned. It's Mm -hmm. relaxing. It's an opportunity for you to chill out because we all know that theme park holidays are intense. Uh, Like, especially (laughs) as you were saying, I believe I was checking over the script. You mentioned that we were in Akihabara um, when we were traveling to Tokyo uh, yeah. Disney. And Which that meant we that- were like, oh, that's central, you know. And we didn't realize that it said, you know, it was a 40 minute public transport route from where we we're staying in Akihabara to Tokyo Disney. What they didn't mention was 25 of that was walking underground at Tokyo Station from what literally (laughs) felt like walking from Tokyo back to Australia. It was that long underground. And, you know, when you've had five hours sleep and it's 6.30 a.m. in the morning, you don't want to walk 30 minutes under a train station. I just remember the first day we were so excited. You know, we woke up at that 6.30 time slot and we're like, yes, let's go. And then by the fourth day, I don't even think we spoke. Like, we just sort of woke (laughs) up and we're like, hey. And then we just- Yeah, we had like a phone game we would play. 
And I think on the last day, we would just play the game on the train, didn't even look at each other. But as soon as we walked into the park, the energy was back up. You need that 14-hour park days at Tokyo. That's probably the only resort you can almost get away with no nap rides. I just want to quickly mention a fun fact is that um, the game that we were playing is a game that's literally just called Balls. Uh, with a Z. <laughs> with a Z. And what you do is you, it's like, um, you know, that game where Breakout, you have the- Breakout, I think? Yeah, What's you, it called? you yeah. have the ball and you have to shoot it at the blocks and if it gets down, yeah. It, it's, it's fun and addicting. But very simple. we played it so much, we had become incredibly competitive at it. And we were getting <laughs> up, like, most people get to maybe 30 levels and we were getting up in the upper hundreds. Mm. And what happened is we eventually- influenced PAX Australia to have balls as part of the competitions (laughs) for the mobile game tournaments. And they still We both have a medal, don't we? A balls medal. We do. We have Australia 20, what? (laughs) 17, 2018. We have the balls medal. So, the very first review time trip influenced uh, PAX Australia Australia. forever. Mm -hmm. So, that's our little claim to fame. Any balls players, come on over to Australia. Try to take the crown from us. (laughs) (laughs) So, so we'll discuss how we're going to do this. We're pretty much just going to go through attractions. Um, We're going to bring a couple to each other and just Mm -hmm. mention why they're nap rides, why these are the perfect opportunity to chill out and relax. I'm sure many people listening out there already have have a couple on the top of their head, probably ones that they've already napped on, whether that's because you've just gotten off a plane for after mm-hmm. traveling for 30 hours like we do from Australia, or it's just, you know, something that you actually sort out. But we're going to go through them. We'll give them a rating out of 10. And then we might go through some parks around the world, some Disney theme parks, and give them a rating out of 10 for their overall nap ability. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So let's start off, uh, I believe, Luke, if you want to pick an attraction to bring to me mm-hmm. to discuss its should nap ability. Should we do uh, honorary mentions first, just to get them out of the way? Oh, or should sure. we yep. save them? Yeah. Uh, I had a few just honorary mentions that I thought were kind of close to being there, but not quite for a few reasons. Um, one, just because I couldn't really think of anything else in the park, is Kilimanjaro Safaris at Animal Kingdom, which is a long ride. It can be boring if you get unlucky with animals. <laughs> However, it's way too bumpy for a nice, calm nap. So, you can, you know, kick your feet back a little, but nap ability, you're looking at around a two probably. So, long, mm. not inside, not in AC. Can, you know, if you ride in the afternoon when there's not many animals, not the best. Um, the What I would say is the queen of nap ability, though she's going to be an honorary mentions again. Um, is Ellen's Energy Adventure. We've talked about it on the show before. I'm pretty sure we had a discussion about nappability on Ellen's Energy Adventure last week on the show, even <laughs> though it wasn't even about Ellen, um, which shows That was it. actually the conversation that spurred this mm. uh, podcast episode. <laughs> my my wife was listening and she was like, you should do an episode on naps. So thank you very much, Amy, for your influence over this uh, uh, experience that people are going to go through Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which it was it was the best it was 45 minutes of premium nap time i no joke have probably slept properly slept 
on this attraction for 30 out of that 45 minutes before. And if you were really lucky, the first like 10 minutes is a pre-show. If you were really lucky and it was a quiet day, you got a good cast member, they'd even let you sit on the floor for the pre-show. So like 45 <laughs> minutes chilling in the AC, you got to see Stupid Judy, you got to see the, the dinosaurs. Even though when I was there, they were like, slowly getting rid of parts of it, like, obviously leading to its downfall. So when I got there, they had the, like, horrid Ellen animatronic and the snake-like dinosaur. And then, like, a month later, Ellen was gone. And then, like, a month later, the snake-like dinosaur was gone. And then a month later, they turned off the... The audio in that <laughs> section. The, the, the ride was gone a few gone. years later. The, the ride vehicles were gone. You're just walking around. There was around. Guardians <laughs> of the something there instead. I don't know. I still had a nap. Um, uh, so, But it's closed. So I think it should be honorary mention. And then my True. last honorary mention, um, which is a show, doesn't really quite count, but I needed to mention it, is Golden Dreams, which is a DCA ride upon, uh, attraction, sorry, upon opening. Hmm. 20 odd minutes theater show just like a film but it was hard to sleep because there was this creepy projection mapped Whoopi Goldberg face on a statue that was like flanking the theater I'm not sure if you've seen this I saw the show in 2008 um, which was just before it closed but it had Whoopi Goldberg as Khalifa which was the made up queen of California Oh, no. So, yeah, very early DCA. Um, rewatching it, going back, uh, some brief research for this episode. I appreciated the show. It was different in that it didn't do a classic Disney sugarcoating of everything, but it did actually look at the good and the bad history of California. Um, oh, look, we're, we're going on, uh, we're doing California Screaming. We're doing the, the Mickey Sunwheel. I, I think it was just called the Sunwheel at that point. Doing the Malaboomer. And now let's learn about the history of California with a creepy animatronic statue thing. The queen of California. (laughs) Um, Well, I have a couple to throw in there. Yeah, yeah, Unfortunately, as as I've started progressing through the Disney ecosystem, um, I, I haven't had that much experience with some of the more lengthy attractions over time Disney has been going through and you know, making these shorter experiences and making them more exciting because there's nothing worse for Disney than to spend millions of dollars on an attraction only for someone to look down at their phone or to fall asleep for 20 minutes. That's not exactly the message that they want to send. But <laughs> I do just want to throw out that um, there are many many shows out there Mm. uh, that are good honourable mentions, but I will say that some shows will make the list and others will not. Those are mostly the ones with Charlie bench seating. Um, Oh, bench seating. Oh, God. Which just, I think- uh, I could have 45 minutes complaining about bench seating. (laughs) We need an episode next week. 45 minutes bench seating, how it ruins a good show. (laughs) Look, if you see the next title is just uh, bench seating, you know that Luke got his way and it's just literally a four. 45 minute scripted rant on <laughs> the mortal enemy of your bum. I'll get to <laughs> scripting right away. Yeah, even for for who I would imagine are relatively plump people, those bench seats make it just feel like your <laughs> bum is, is bone. <laughs> relatively plump people, which might be the greatest generalization of the average theme park guest we've ever had on the show. No, I I was trying to reference us in a nice way. Oh, okay. 
But, <laughs> it was a self. It was a self burn. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, because look, you look back. Um, we briefly yeah. had some videos from our trip in 2017 to Tokyo Disney, mm. and goodness me, against the. The relatively healthy people of oh, Tokyo. Oh, we stood out. Oh, we stood out to a point that we had <laughs> characters at Tokyo Disney literally tracking us down to shake our bellies. Have we talked yep. about this the on the Tweedle. podcast? I don't think we've talked about the, the Tweedle belly bouncing <laughs> experience that we could not escape from in Fantasyland. Well, look, if, if there's any time for a tangent, it's probably this specific this episode. Show, I think, is going to be 90% tangents. Yeah, if you're looking for a, an in-depth look at some sort of a attraction or piece of history, um, this episode mm. may not be for you. But if you're looking for great insight into <laughs> napability of attractions and, and us, uh, definitely mm. stick around. <laughs> <laughs> so, when we were in Tokyo Disneyland, um, we were going through Fantasyland and we were sort of ticking things off. And it was at the time where characters were just roaming around. Mm. Um, so, I believe a lot of the Alice characters just roam around Fantasyland. Yeah. You'll see Alice going around and the Mad Hatter. Um, but Tweedledee- Even the Queen, and- I think, would just wander around, which is quite yeah. rare for a villain. She, she mm. just pop out, but mm. we came across Tweedledee and Tweedledum. No, I think are- they came across us. <laughs> we didn't speak them out. <laughs> well, exactly. We were like, there was a, a pretty big path. Like the area that I'm thinking mm. is just in front of the vending machines near, it's towards it's near Small that- World. Yeah, near the was- Alice um, restaurant there. Yeah, between very- Mansion and Small World. The very northern part of the mm. park, like you can't get any further north unless you go to the left and up mm. uh, towards Splash Mountain. But it, it's mm-hmm. around where the restaurant is. And we were walking towards the attractions and they were over towards the wall. And there's all of the path between us, but there's <laughs> barely anyone around. Tweedledee and Tweedledum point at us. <laughs> and we immediately notice, like, Uh-oh. when you see characters point at you... You know, something's going down. And so we were like, oh, we sort of stopped and Uh-oh. we pointed back at ourselves being like, what do you want? Us? They like sprinted <laughs> over in their ridiculous giant suits, like bellies bumbling around. And then they just stare at us and they start slapping their bellies. And then and we're pointing like, to ours, though. Yeah. They were like, my belly, yours is real. Mine's a costume. And they start, like, rubbing them and hitting ours. They and were, like, they- grabbing the back of their, like, hoop skirt, essentially, and forcing it forward. So their bellies were hitting ours. Their, like, fake bellies were hitting ours. I feel like someone somewhere in Tokyo Disney was just trying to make us more health conscious. Yeah. <laughs> All I felt Please, was we just- want you to come back. <laughs> but, so we just have these characters who were shamed just- in the middle of Tokyo Disney. And then they demanded a photo. Oh, yeah. Um, so- I've never found that photo. I think we might have deleted it out of shame. So we don't remember this. But now we've recorded it for all time. <laughs> Oh, look, it's a good story. I it's thought funny. it was quite it's fun. Funny, yeah. I was also much larger oh, yeah, um, yeah. When, back in 2017. I was looking at a that, photo. That's I was the huge. catalyst for both of us, I think. Just to- 
Uh, anyway, back into the honorable mentions away from the tangent. People are probably like, what's this episode about again? Uh, <laughs> you tell so us. We, we'll both know. <laughs> I'd like to quickly mention that pretty much any transport back to your resort mm. after a, a long day at the parks is one of the most amazing opportunities to have a nap, mm. especially the back of the bus. Um, oh, yeah. They'll even, as you're on the bus, they'll turn off the lights. Yeah, dim them. Mm-hmm. And you'll just sort of be cruising in the dark. There'll be a little bit of Disney music and you'll just be relaxing. It's it's a really good opportunity to chill out. Even the monorail, which you've pointed out. I've never experienced this, but you were around mm-hmm. Walt Disney World um, much longer than I was. The monorail that sometimes smells like we. Um, yeah. <laughs> you got an opportunity to sleep on them. Especially yeah, if you, oh, you go. So, well, you could just, in theory, you could, if you wanted a good nap, you could just ride the monorail around all day. They're never going to kick you off. So, <laughs> the monorail police you just don't have to buy you a ticket. Like, you could just ride around all day if you're willing to put up with the smell. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, going off the honourable mentions, I'm just thinking that we should quickly take a break, and mm-hmm. then we'll get into the nitty gritty part of this episode, going through and rating all of these. But all of those ones which we mentioned before are all two and under, which is why they're mm-hmm. honourable mentions. But we will join you soon after the break. And we are back after a quick nap. We've both molded over, thought about our best nappable attractions, and we'll go through those from Disney parks around the world. Starting with, uh, if you want to start with one or I can start with one. Yeah, yeah, I'll start. All right. My first one, I'm sure many people will probably agree, uh, Small World. It's a small world. Nice air-conditioned boat, especially in Florida, they, like, crank the AC in that building. It's ridiculous. Um, But, you know, the Disneyland version's, like, 15 minutes. It's just a slow-moving boat ride. There's not a ton going on. Of course, the one thing that's kind of holding it back from being that, you know, high, really high-scoring nappable attraction Mm. is the music because I'm worried- that if I fall asleep during It's a Small World, I'll have a nightmare. And it won't be a nice, <laughs> relaxing sl- It will be these small dolls coming to attack me, singing all in unison sort of thing. Well, one of the sort of highlights of this attraction is that if you do fall asleep, Michael Eisner will steal you, turn you into an animatronic <laughs> and force you to live out the rest of your days singing the Small World song. Um Thankfully, in recent years, they've managed to stop him from getting in there. So, the, the yeah. nappability increases Has in that gone area. Up, thankfully, yeah. Now, there are some variations of this mm. attraction. Some of them start outside and others yeah. start inside. So, the Hong Kong version and the Florida version start inside. Tokyo the- does as well, yeah. Yeah, the Hong Kong version is completely enclosed, whereas the Florida version has a little bit of exposure to the outside world. So, in Mm. that sense, especially with Disneyland having a majority of its opening outside, Mm. I believe that the ranks would probably go for the nappability. We'd Mm -hmm. start with the bottom being Disneyland. So, Disneyland's a little bit longer is its only benefit. It's about Ah. 15 minutes compared to usually around 12. Um, But that, you know, that extra three minutes is spent outside. So, yeah. Mm. 
Whereas I feel like, especially in the Californian weather, you're going to mm. be having these you know, poor opportunities to get the full nap in. Mm. Whereas, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in Hong Kong, you start off in air conditioning the moment mm. you go into the building. And it's quite humid. So, that contrast mm. between when you enter into the building uh, after being outside, it, it really makes you feel much colder than you are because you've been sweating. So, mm-hmm. uh, I believe that Hong Kong would definitely be up there. Uh, yeah. alongside the Tokyo version, whereas Florida just, it falls off because it's still exposed technically. Yeah. It's inside, but it's not- But fooling. one of the walls doesn't exist, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. It's like uh, a stage yeah. almost, but I'd probably I believe- give, Yeah, for the attraction as a whole, what would you say? I'd say probably a, a 7 out of 10 for nappability, just because of that song. Makes it hard to nap. Yeah, I think for me personally, uh, six mm. for nappability, just because, as you said, the song can be quite distracting. Mm. Um, Jar. And it's just not going to be a, an amazing opportunity. But that leads us into another enclosed attraction, mm-hmm. uh, one which is found at Florida. Hong Kong Disneyland and Tokyo Disneyland, mm-hmm. and that is Mickey's Philharmagic, which is a show predominantly about Donald, but for some reason it uses <laughs> Mickey's name. Well, it interestingly, a- the show is also at DCA and Paris, but the theatre in those two locations isn't designed for the show. So it doesn't have that opening where the proscenium flies away and it doesn't have the really wide screen. So it's kind of a why even bother? So Wait, at, it's um, at DCA? Yeah, but it's at where the old it? Muppet Vision Theatre, which still looks like the Muppet Vision Theatre and hasn't had a screen upgrade from the Muppet Vision Theatre. So the whole, like, screen widening just doesn't exist and the proscenium flying out just doesn't exist. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you said Paris as well? Yeah, they've got this at somewhere in... Tomorrowland, I think. There used to be, like, a Star Wars show or something there. I don't know. But all I know is the DCA version copied the, like, Paris cheating way to do the show, and that's the only reason I know it's there. Wow. That is mm. that is cheating. But um, um, those versions don't count. The yeah. three main ones with all the effects, those are the ones we're talking about. Oh, I don't think they even have the duck butt animatronic oh. at um, the DCA version. So, doesn't count. Do, do they have the 40 effects? Uh, there's no smells. There's water. It's only the effects that are that were in Muppet Vision because it's the old no. Muppet Vision theater, at least well, at DCA. I guess leading into that, the effects. So let's quickly talk about Mickey's Magic. It's an indoor uh, theater style show. You sit in these incredibly comfortable seats mm. Um and it's very air conditioned. Now, oh, yeah. you and I are probably going to have different experiences from this because I'd imagine that the Florida version. Yeah, that's the one I've done the most by a long, long amount. Yeah, it's different from the Hong Kong version in the sense that nobody goes on this. I, I honestly believe that not many people actually think this is an attraction mm. uh, because in <laughs> Fantasyland, you look around, it it doesn't really have a, a weenie that stands out. No. It's got this weenie that blends in with the scenery mm. and then you've just got a sign. So, I think a majority of people it just like skip past almost. this. Yeah, because it's always super quiet. So, 
Except on the extremely busy days. I think mm-hmm. there was one day I saw a full theatre, but on most <laughs> days when I would go there, it was probably me and about 20 to 30 other people. And if I remember the capacity- so you could lay this- across the seats for a premium nap, you know, lay <laughs> across them that all. Way you can uh, get away from all of the effects and we, sh- we should probably talk about the effects. Mm. So, as you're going through the experience, you know, it starts off and the curtain rises and Mickey's- not ready yet, but Donald comes over, find his hat, and then all chaos ensues. <laughs> and then it goes into the experience and there's water effects, there's smells, there's blasts of air in your face. Mm. And those take away from the nappability of the attraction. But- See, I could, if you put that nice, like, dessert smell into my pillow at home, I reckon that would be real good for a sleep. But oh, on the yeah. ride, as soon as you get sprayed by water, it's like the would be the shock harshest wake up call you could ask for. It's kind of like in Inception, how they dip people into water to mm. wake them up. It's Disney's way of waking you up. If you notice, mm. they're all strategically placed throughout the show. But you can sit in such a position where you can escape them Mm. but even at the front you you can't really get away from it but i found at the back of the theater the spray was a lot more inaccurate whereas at the front it was more refined so if you're trying to escape go at the back um (laughs) that was a little while ago so it may not be true anymore so after they hear this they're gonna ramp it up at the back just to make sure (laughs) no one has a nap Imagineers, they just have a red flashing light at the moment <laughs> in their office. Out. And they're like, run, quickly, go tweak them. <laughs> uh, but being indoors, being 12 minutes with a pre-show, um, incredibly comfortable cushioned seats. They're the theatre style where you have to push them down. Mm. Um, the effects sort of take away from that. But I believe the entire experience as a whole, for me, rests it at a decent six out of ten for nappability. Ooh, what same would you Small give World. See, I gave Small World a seven. I would call this a 7.5, slightly mm. better than Small World. We probably should have started much lower. <laughs> <laughs> Looking through. We're going to be like, oh, the next one is 7.98. Not quite an eight. <laughs> That's it. Halves are the most I'm going to go because I just looked forward and said, yeah, if I go to eight, I've got nowhere to go from here. (laughs) So, well, look, let's let's maybe readjust it. Let's look at the pros and cons. So, I think a a six for Small World is correct. That's Mm. that's right. I would say a seven for Philhar. I think it's better than Small World. It's incredible comfortable. It's indoors. The seats are so comfy. The plastic seats on Small World, nah, not as much. You can sink into those Philhar seats. That's worth a point. The other thing as well is the music uh, within Philhar Magic is quite relaxing as well, especially yep. in the aerial section. It's mm. probably only the effects that bring it down. That would down. wake you up. And whilst if, if they you were just- If you a little, like, little bit of tape or something and just put it over the water sprayer in front of you, perfect. Perfect. Oh, yeah, but, but you'll probably The way get the attraction out. is, seven. Seven, agreed? Seven, I, I believe. Seven, lock it Mickey's in. Philharmagic, uh, seven. <laughs> we'll see Wikipedia updated later today to have the nappability factor from review time approved by Luke Carroll and Dominic Lacey for a seven out of ten. Out of ten. <laughs> All right, moving on to my next one. It might be a little bit contentious between everyone and we might lose, you know, all 33,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel after this. But bear with us, everyone. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. 
especially the Disneyland version, only because it's, again, the longest version. And that first half before you go down that major drop into the, like, big show scenes with the actual pirates is these nice cold caves. It's got this smooth breeze billowing through it. And you can just chill for, you know, like almost 20 minutes on one ride. And that first part when you're going through the bayou and you like got those nice clinking of plates when people eating at Club 33. Uh, You've got the the little guy on his bang, 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 the banjo. That part, that is a premium nap potential. The rest of the ride is definitely going to wake you up, especially from the (laughs) cannonballs from the boat. But, you know, for that first like five minutes, you can get a pretty good, albeit short nap. Look, I I think if you are a heavy napper, if you are someone who can fall asleep quite easily in any opportunity and you uh, like can you, stay asleep. anytime we get on a plane, you're asleep train, in three minutes. Or a car. Uh, <laughs> and I'm awake for 16 hours twiddling my thumbs. I believe Luke's mentioning there, I just have this innate ability to fall asleep in anything that isn't a bed if i am <laughs> in a bed i struggle to sleep but put me in an airplane sleep i am asleep yes, <laughs> before it's taxing um mm. i've even thought well something i was even thinking some roller coaster seats <laughs> like dc rivals at um movie, movie world, world? That is a comfortable oh, that's a seat. Comfy. That's a, a Mac seat, a nice Mac seat with a lap, lap yeah, bar, you've got no that, OTS. That yeah. Yeah. Unless you're on the back is- row. You're not sleeping on the back row, that's for sure. The back row oh, no. seats, you're falling out before you're falling asleep. <laughs> but I was like, you know how you sort of rest in it? You've got that mm. little bit. Why don't mm. they have those seats on aeroplanes? Yeah. It'd just Even be- in your house. Or yeah. in your house, put one of those in, have a nice <laughs> have comfy one, nap. Have one in each room, cut out a hole in the bottom. There you go. You've got your bathroom. <laughs> so- um, but, but back to Pirates, I, I think it's not it's not the best on this list, so I don't think we should spend too much time on it. Um, but just for that first half, I think it's worth a nappability of a five. Yeah. It, look, I'd maybe go a little bit smaller at a yeah. four. This was yeah, one of my I suggestions, but the thing that gets it for me is it's indoors. Yep. You are, you know, it's relatively calm. If you're able to drone out the sound and, mm-hmm. you know, even the splash effects and all that, there's no effects that physically affect you. Yeah. Um, and it's it's quite cool. You've got the water mm-hmm. around you. You've got those, yeah. that mist, as I you think, were saying. Yeah. What brings it down is the only real version to have that really long intro is the Disneyland version. Mm-hmm. So, I guess if we're talking about, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean around the world, we're probably sitting at more four. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I guess from there, we, we've got our Pirates of the Caribbean four for naffability. We'll move on to one of the ones that I believe is going to rank quite high. And I think a lot of people are going to agree with us on this. So, this is the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover at Walt Disney World. A beloved attraction by mm-hmm. both of us and by many people around the world. But you cannot argue that this is not an, a, a good opportunity. Premium. To- Especially <laughs> the Magic Kingdom where there isn't a ton of long, long stuff out there. It's just, it's relaxing, it's calm, mm. it's on the, the sort of, I think it's maglev plating. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. limb, I think. 
limb and yeah. it just glides along. Mm-hmm. There's pretty much no physical touching. Yeah. Um, and you can rest your legs up. Yeah. If you get two people, even if you're in a group of four, I'll give you a trick. If you ever go to Walt Disney World in a group of four, say you're in two groups of two because then you get to kick your feet up on the seats. Otherwise, if you got four, you'll be all mashing your knees together. But for a premium nap, say you're in a group of two, no more. Now, don't put up your feet if you're with other people because that's going to be rude. No one wants feet on them. Um, Imagine the single lap. rider line at the people mover. Just get all these <laughs> random people's feet in your lap. Just excuse me. Uh, can you just put your legs to the side and they just put their feet up on you? Um, but I think we should talk about some of the strong points uh, in this attraction as to mm-hmm. why it makes it a good nappable ride. So, it is 10 minutes long. Mm. Um, which, as you mentioned, is fairly rare for the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. I think there's, I can't even think off the top of my head of some other actual uh, rides, not shows that yeah. get into that. Uh, Small World would be closed. Pirates is about nine, I believe. Um, mm. But yeah, until the only things that are longer at the Magic Kingdom would be, you know, stuff like Carousel of Progress. Um, you've also got in there, so it's a relaxing trip, as we've mentioned. There's pretty much nothing exciting happening in there either. Um, <laughs> and once you've done it, you you pretty much experienced it. Mm. So it's that perfect attraction to jump on there, have a, a relaxing trip. And if you can, have a nap. I think for mm-hmm. me, this ranks it at about a seven. Yeah, I would like say. A, what is that? Yeah, uh, Philhar's a seven. Would you say it's better than a Philhar? No, I'd put it at an eight. The only yeah, thing that better than Philhar, I think. No water spraying on you. You can mm. kick your feet up. You can't do that on Philhar. Probably. So, yeah, the, I would say an eight. I would say an eight. The biggest downfall is that it can be exposed to the elements. This yep. is technically an indoor attraction, and that's what it's, it's classified covered, as. But it's not. Uh, immune from the elements, shall we mm. say? <laughs> If the rain is- So, if you're is- ever in there in the rain and it's not coming at an angle, it's a really cool ride because you just get to watch everyone absolutely lose their minds as they try to run and not get drenched while you're just we- cruising high. We had that when we were yeah. there. We saw Torrential. them- <laughs> Just we went in to Space mm. Mountain and it was relatively fine. We come out and it is just pelting rain mm. and everyone is just freaking out. There was a huge line for Fast Pass for Space mm. Mountain as well. And they just were getting just pummeled. <laughs> <laughs> so, in that sense, it probably takes away the experience by about two points, um, but leaves it at a nappable mm. of eight. 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 All right, moving on. Here it is. This is my my front runner, I think. The big daddy of nappable attractions. It's called an attraction in my opinion, not a show because there's no live actors in it. I'm going to call it The American Adventure. The big daddy, nappable attractions. Whoa. 30 minutes, comfy seats, padded chairs, plush armrests, no benches. Some of the comfiest seats. And like I was saying before, as an Australian, you don't really have a connection to the show. So, I appreciate it from the animatronics perspective and how the technology behind the show works. But it's 30 minutes in Epcot, which is a monster big park. And this is still open, unlike Ellen. 30 minutes to sit back and relax in Epcot. Greatly appreciated. Best part often is the voices of Liberty before the show. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. And being able to sit down mm. uh, when you're experiencing those and relaxing within that amazing acoustic environment. Mm. Uh, it is there something spectacular. There. Spectacular, yeah. But I agree that for people who, like, I respect the attraction. I mm. have massive respect and I understand why people would have a deep yeah. connection to this ride, especially because it does get into American history. Yeah. There are lots of people the who patriotism. Yeah. Mm. But as an Australian, I find it hard to get into um, the experience itself, as you were mentioning, 30 minutes, comfy seats, mm. indoors, air mm. conditioned. <laughs> it, it makes it really hard not to fall asleep. <laughs> like, I would honestly prefer the show. I would stay awake if I was, like, sitting backstage watching, like, the animatronic technology. Because if you've seen that, it's incredible the way that sets go down and then they slide out of place and a new set will come in and rise up. That's incredible. But the show itself, without that connection, is hard to say no to a nap, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. And, yeah, Golden Dreams, that's a, oh. when they sing that soothing song. It oh, just, yeah, it's a lullaby. So. Oh, yeah. It, it's a shame that's at the, at the end. If that was at the start, oh, this would be a 12 out of 10 for nappability because that would just put <laughs> you down, just calm you down. Um. Now, I want to say there's a good contender to this one, um, something that people are probably as passionate about, mm. um, which is the Carousel of Progress. Mm. I think a lot of people, you know, we're very passionate about that yeah. and we love that attraction, but especially people like, I guess, similar to the American Adventure, how you have to be really big into America, the Carousel yeah. of Progress, you have to be really into Disney history, yeah. uh, Walt Disney's life and sort of that whole shebang yeah so i'm sure for other people this would be higher in nappability carousel than it is for us but i can honestly say i've probably seen that show close to 50 times and i've never come close to having a nap yeah <laughs> where i think i saw the american adventure twice and both times I, there was some dozing of some yeah <laughs> some micro sleeps um, the other one i would say in a similar category would be hall of presidents um which for same reasons with us, that disconnect between Australian and the US. But it's not as long, so it's not going to score mm. as high as the American Adventure. Yeah, so I think in all of those, you've got Hall of Presidents. I'm not sure what its length is, and I think it changes with every iteration. So it's hard to gauge what I it would think be. it's around the 15 minutes, but it's nowhere near as long as, you know, your 30 minutes. Mm. Carousel yeah. of Progress is 21 minutes yeah. with the American Adventure at 30 minutes. So, I think Carousel of Progress and Hall of Presidents would easily fall into an eight, yeah. whereas American Adventure would be a nine. Yep. And I don't know if there'd be a perfect 10, actually. It all comes Maybe down to- Ellen probably would have been a perfect 10, being honest, but mm. she's honorable mention. So because I don't know it's if anyone's there anymore. stepped up to take her place. We'll find out, I guess, in the rest of the episode. But that <laughs> nine's going to be hard to beat. Nine's going to be hard to beat. And we've only got a few attractions uh, yeah. left to discuss. And we've got two secret ones. Whenever we do these podcasts, we make a run sheet and we have lots of information on there. We've purposefully taken an attraction off, which we believe is Hopefully our- isn't the same for both of us. <laughs> oh, look, I, I am worrying that we're going to have the same one. But uh, let's just quickly move on to living with the land. 
Mm. So this Back is to Epcot. Staying but, at Epcot. Look, we're going to be staying at Epcot for a while. (laughs) (laughs) So, Living with the Land is a 20-minute long boat ride and it takes you through agriculture and farming. It's pretty much a... Imagine the Jungle Cruise, but you're not going through Adventureland. You're going through Mm. a (laughs) non-fictional... look mm. at how things are made, yeah. which is even though that description sounds really boring for many people, this attraction is really boring. So- <laughs> I really like living with the land. If this if this wasn't nappability but relaxability, this would be a perfect score for me. Like, it's just so soothing and calming. I don't know why. Just seeing, you know, the fish at that part. And then there's a pumpkin that looks like Mickey. And I can't explain it, but I find this ride (laughs) really relaxing. Like, especially when you'd walk into the land pavilion and you'd go, "Mm, Soren's a two-hour wait, but living with the land is only 10 minutes. I could ride living with the land four times instead of riding Soren once. I'm sorry, but is your review of living with the land, Luke Carroll, professional (laughs) theme park reviewer, (laughs) when you look at the fish and there's the pumpkin shaped like Mickey, mm. yep. That's it. That's all you need to know. That, put that on the Wikipedia if you're up and dating the Wikipedias. We, we had that and it was quite spectacular. We are actually on the Movie World and DC mm. Rivals uh, Wikipedia page. Wiki- My name yeah. is referenced for reviewing those. That was you sort made of the big a, time. Yeah, that, that was a cool wake up for us. So, if you want to put something, uh, Review Times Luke Carroll believes that the fish and the <laughs> pumpkin shape like pumpkins are the two standout uh, parts of the crocodile animatronics are pretty close as well but it's just it's so relaxing it's a one and done there's not really much (laughs) you'd hate to know the amount of times i've ridden this attraction i've probably ridden it more than ellen and ellen was my nap attraction (laughs) (laughs) when i say it's one and done i don't mean that you do it once and you never do it again i more mean in the sense that it's not really something that's ever going to change all that much or something that you're going to have a different mm. experience depending well, on where you're sitting. Well, it used to have sitting. live. If it still had the live hosts, I think the rewritability could be more up there. But I do get what you're saying. There isn't, especially in a day, you're not going to ride it twice in a day. And, you know, if you're on a, a one or two week trip, you're probably not going to ride it twice in that amount of time. Because mm. um, I do get what you're saying. And definitely something that we're pointing out here is that we have respect with our naps. We are not mm. going to be- None of these are bad attractions. Some of these, you know, talking of stuff like Pirates of the Caribbean, is one of my favourite attractions in the world. So, this isn't at all saying these attractions are bad. It's just saying they're a good way to kick your feet up for a little bit. Maybe rest and your eyes. And it's also- like for many of these, there's no live actors, there's no mm-hmm. live performers. There's so very it's not few rude ca- if you fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're admiring the atmosphere that the attraction is creating. Mm-hmm. And I know we, we've been taking turns with this, but I really want to mention why for this last one. Um, as to, uh, I want to go into this attraction for its snappability. It is Spaceship Earth. Oh, oh we wait, should, we, didn't sorry, get we should give Living a with score. the Lander. Yeah, so for me, I'd say. A solid seven. Mainly yeah, I was going to say a seven or an eight, so. It can change in humidity and the, the and seats temperature. aren't that comfy, I'll admit. The seats aren't that comfy. They're plastic seats. Not the comfiest in the world. You know, you're not 
mm. the plushability of the American Adventure seats. So, yeah, a seven, I think, is fair. I think a seven is fair. And something that does bring it down slightly is that every now and then you can see someone walking around and you don't want to be uh, the scientist who works at Walt Disney World <laughs> working in, in horticulture who sees a bald bearded man in a Mickey t-shirt sleeping on the attraction dedicated to your job. So, <laughs> so every now and then you'll keep fair, an eye fair, out. Fair. Um, but I want to go into... The next attraction, which is also at Epcot, and that is Spaceship (laughs) Earth. So, I want to talk a little bit about why this attraction is so nappable. And some people are going to disagree, and I think others, once I mention why, are going to agree with me. Now, I had just gotten off a flight from Walt Disney World. Some context before this, we were going there for our honeymoon. Myself and my wife, we had just finished planning for our wedding, um, getting everything ready. We, from the Wednesday of that week, we had just been nonstop going and we pretty much organized everything ourselves except for the catering. And we were just nonstop. It came to Saturday when we had our wedding, we got through all of that. And then Sunday morning, We left for the US. We had flown to LA. We had a layover in LA for seven hours. And then we got to Orlando. So about 30 hours of travel where we had very limited sleep and any sleep that we did get was very restless because we were on a plane or either in an airport. And you just, you know, you've also got that excitement of a trip coming up. Um, We were also riding off the end of getting married. (laughs) So... We arrived at Walt Disney World at about 7 o'clock in the morning. We went to our hotel and we didn't realize that when we got there so early that we wouldn't be able to get a room. It was surprisingly busy at this time and they said, "Um, your room's not ready until about 3 p.m. So, they said, watch your phone. You'll get an alert on the My Disney Experience app when it's ready. Just go and do something. So, we went into the parks and we started at the Magic Kingdom and we had a a sort of like a second wind from our tiredness. We are going pretty (laughs) well for a couple of hours. We then got on the monorail and we're like, let's leave the Magic Kingdom. It's pretty busy. Let's go to Epcot. So, once we got on the monorail, we realized our energy was going downhill quick. (laughs) We were just sort of getting dead to the world. You were wishing that Ellen was open. I know it. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) So, we get to the TTC where we transfer to the Epcot monorail. We get over there and we're going through the entrance. Everyone's giving us congratulations because we had our celebration badge. Um, And the first thing we come across as we get into Epcot is Spaceship Earth. And we're like, look, what the hell? I like this attraction. Let's go do it. It was like a 10-minute wait. So, we walk pretty much straight on uh, after a short break. We sit down. And it's a plush seat. You're quite comfortable. You, you've got a bit of a lean. And we're like, oh, this is pretty good. But something about Spaceship Earth is that for a majority of it, you're leaning a little bit backwards. You're a little bit mm. tilted. And the moment that we tilted backwards to go <laughs> up into the ball, oh. we passed out. <laughs> like we we were woken up probably about 20 to 30 seconds before the unload where it had us I would have just- loved to have seen the 
you know, when they take the picture of you. I would have loved to have seen that. Your future of just we, two people conked out. We were gone. And I know no, that I mean, there's probably some ride up who's watching that and going, are they dead? <laughs> Do I have to call 911? I think, though, with that, at the period of time that you were, you could have probably gone on test track and fallen asleep. That's how exhausted it sounds like you would have been. Oh, we were just... We were dead to the world, but it made me realize that that ride has some premium nap ability. Mm. Like, especially in terms of where you're leaning, it's comfortable. It's so dark. That Mm. ride is incredibly dark, especially when you get to the part where it's the caveman fighting off the mammoths. That's dark. Yeah. Um, you've got the Pretty star much all section. Of it. Yeah. And then the backwards part at the very end where it's literally just your screen and everything else is nothing pretty much, like mm. some star field. You can have a you're good sleep. Much- and that, that part is like you're reclining. When you spin backwards for your return back to Earth, you're pretty much back at home in your reclining couch watching the telly. <laughs> like- That's what I mean. Like, this is a really good ride. It's also 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, There's nothing sort of massively exciting happening. And you've got the amazing voice. It's like a lullaby every time she speaks. Read me a bedtime story every night and I'd be out like a light. (laughs) So, that that was my- That has to be the closest I can- I'm even going to say it. It's a 10. Oh, it's not a 10 it's for a- me, but I can see why you'd give it a 10. See, to me, I would put it around, a, you know, an 8. But with your personal experience with it, I can see why you would rate it a 10. And I think it's fair. This can be a one that separates. Uh, we've agreed with the rest, but uh, yeah, 8 for me, same sort of reasons. I don't think I've ever actually had a nap on it because I used to love seeing how ridiculous of a face I could make and then make it come to life in the ending. <laughs> um, so, and just that, yeah, the soothing voice, I get it. Um, but if you fall asleep, you don't get to smell Rome burning. So, it's That's 8 for true. me. <laughs> the other thing as well that I want to point out is this is one of those attractions that once you nap on it once, it becomes very hard to actually <laughs> persist. You realize it how when premium you- it is for a napping oh, yeah. experience. <laughs> it's almost like you have an initial guilt, but once you do that first nap, that's it. You're, you're done. You're You've on. accepted fate. That's your nap now. <laughs> um, anyway, Perfect. I think we're now Mate. entering the territory of our secret attractions, the ones Ooh. which neither of us knows about. I've done the last two, so I think, Luke, yeah. you're right. you're up to, yeah. to tell us what your premium nap experience is. Yeah. So, to me, this isn't what I think is the best nap experience in the world. This is- I'm going to bring one to you that you may not think- think is a premium nap experience but Mm. i'm gonna argue it and i vote that you will at least give it a seven out of ten so Mm -hmm. better than small better than all of that all right this is i love this attraction and i'll explain why for a few reasons but it is sinbad's storybook voyage at tokyo disney sea all right it's 10 minutes long it's a nice calming boat ride same as small world pretty much the same ride system Few things this has going for it over Small World for nappability. The ride is in Japanese. It's much easier to just tone out sounds that aren't in the language that you understand. It just sounds like music. So you've True. got that incredible, you know, you've got that incredible soundtrack by Alan Menken, which is an awesome soundtrack. You'll walk out humming it for sure, even if you only ride the ride once. But 
it's just nice, soft. It can get in the background, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And the real reason, the number one reason this is a perfect nappable attraction is because none of them really exist in Tokyo. And this ride, the weight is never higher than the ride time. I've ridden this ride probably 10 times across my two trips to Tokyo, (laughs) and I've never not had a walk-on. I was... I couldn't believe this. I actually, for this podcast, went and looked up historical data of wait times for this ride. And going through months of data, I could not find an average wait time across an hour higher than 19 minutes. This is a 10-minute ride you never wait 20 minutes for. The ride just eats people. you got 24 guests per boat. It pumps them through. It's the perfect air conditioning. All the queue, even if you are waiting, is in the AC. It gets incredibly hot. The the two times I've been to Japan have been in the middle of summer. So, to know that you're going to be able to walk on to a 10-minute ride in the AC when even if everything else is like two hours long, to me... For Tokyo, it's the only ride I'd put on Nappability, and I would give it at least a 7 out of 10. I agree. You you have convinced me on this. Yeah. At, at first, I was like, it's foreign, it's exciting, we don't get mm. to do it much. But you, you've convinced me with what you said, especially in terms of... Um, we are attuned to hear the language which mm. we understand. If you sort of speak a little bit of another language, you also pick up on things. Mm. Bits and pieces. Um, here and there, but a hundred percent with what you were saying, this is one of those attractions which you can just tune out. It, yeah. There are parts which are relatively dark. It doesn't get mm-hmm. super dark. It's also quite no. relaxing. There's no yep. thrill element, and there's nothing happening at you. So, one hundred percent agree. And even with what if, you, were if saying you do, there. this isn't to say like if you want to understand the story that it would be incredibly hard. It's very easy to understand the story, even if you don't speak Japanese. <laughs> but not speaking Japanese, it makes it very easy to just tone it out. Um, you know, the story is told through these incredible animatronics and these huge set pieces. But if you're going to rest your eyes, you don't need to see any of that. You just <laughs> relax, especially. Yeah, that's it for the, me. What about yours? <laughs> the only thing for me is that I would feel a little bit rude because you don't want to mm. be that Westerner who's sleeping on the attraction. I've never actually like nap, slept, napped on this. But for me, this nap is in like the perfect, just relax nap. Sort oh, of. yeah. A hundred percent. Like, you know, that kind of, it's almost like you're napping, but your eyes are still awake. Like your body is just in a state of relaxation. And that's what Definitely. this ride is for me. Especially at this park. This is a huge park and you're going to do so much walking in it. Now, I've got one um, which is going to be contentious. Oh, am I going to walk you- out of the, the episode? <laughs> It'll just it be an audio medium, so it might not quite work. But... <laughs> but- I don't know if you're going to agree, but I'm going to do my best to do it. It is also outside of the US. It is in Tokyo. It is not at Tokyo Disneyland. It is at Tokyo Disney Sea. I, I can see your face. You are trying to figure out what it is. It is not an attraction. Well, not a ride, sorry. It is an attraction. Uh, it's just it, a bench. You can be. just sit on it and you can just sleep all day if you want. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> it is Big Band Beat. No, nope, you're wrong. Hey, <laughs> you guys, it's been a nice time. Big Band anyway, Beat a- is my favorite theme park show in the world, by the way. Um, 
And now, good luck is all I say for you trying to convince me. Good luck. Hear me out. It is an incredibly exciting show. I love this attraction. But the thing about when we saw it is it's a very different attraction to when I first saw it. Mm. And that's when I got to appreciate just how comfortable that theatre is. <laughs> so this is, it's Big Bambi, for those who don't know, is an attraction at Tokyo Disney Sea. It is a review of musical theatre and sort of big band style the uh, musical. R-E-V-U-E style of review, not <laughs> review time style of review. <laughs> and they just go through these songs. It's all really upbeat. But when, like, this is a 30-minute show. Mm. Whenever I've visited Tokyo Disney Sea, I've always been extremely tired. I think many people who do visit are often extremely tired as well. The first time I ever saw this, we had already waited an hour to go into standby. We didn't have a fast pass and we didn't get into the lottery. So we were sitting outside in the sun waiting to get in. Eventually we did. They found some more space and that was upstairs. I'm not sure if yep. you've ever sat upstairs. Uh, but we I'd were sat upstairs with you and then I sat downstairs once and upstairs the other times on my second trip. Okay. Well, we were right in the nosebleed. For oh, yeah. those who don't understand theatre terms, the nosebleed is so far up the back that they believe, uh, I believe the that altitude this- <laughs> is going to give you a nosebleed is what the idea is. <laughs> um, so we were right up there. The show was so far away. But something that I didn't realise, and I, I have struggled, and I'll admit to this, to find much information about this version that I saw, <laughs> but it was a special version of Big Band Beat. The show's usually 30 minutes. This was close to a 50-minute experience. <laughs> But they filled the extra time with incredibly boring songs, like (laughs) relaxing sort of ballads. And so boring's not the right word, just relaxing. Mm. There were ballads, there were calm sort of musical tunes. And there was one, I I vividly remember this, but I cannot find it for the life of me. And I have struggled consistently to find any evidence that this existed. (laughs) It was Marie going down a giant piano staircase (laughs) and it was of like her being like i don't know what the lyrics were i'm not going to try and sing in japanese but it was in japanese and she was like Hmm. i'm a little cat tonight go down the stairs and then she would stop and the band would like go (laughs) and then it was that the other 20 minutes from the (laughs) normal 50 minute show and then she would keep on going down the stairs. She'd be like, did, 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 did. meow. <laughs> I, I know that the Japanese people are incredibly respectful. Uh, it's sort of the, an honor-based society. This is the only time I've ever seen them nap as well. So mm. I got in there. And Big Bang Beat's going on. They change the opening. Usually it's really dramatic, but it just sort of started and they sung a a couple of songs and I just, I couldn't help but fall asleep. Hmm. And I, I woke up a little bit through it. That was when I saw Marie going down the stairs. I looked around. My partner was asleep. She was just cold to the world. There were heaps of people around me as well in the nosebleed who were asleep it was air conditioned. It was cool. <laughs> it was dark. 
The show was relatively boring. It was incredibly long. And we just, we were, were dead to the world for 50 minutes. That is one of the longest naps I've ever had in a theme park. Mm. I was very appreciative for it <laughs> and it kept me going for the rest of the day. But what we experienced that day, I feel like I stepped into a portal to an ultimate <laughs> dimension because I have struggled consistently to find out what that version was <laughs> or to find any evidence that it even exists, but it does. And one day I will find it. Because you always but, but look at me. But the thing was to me, like we were going. So you had been uh, the year before I first went to Tokyo Disney Sea, and you were building this attraction up like it was trash. Like you were just <laughs> trash talking Big Band Beat. Like it had done something offensive to your family. You were like, it "This did. is the worst show. This is so boring. You're gonna hate it. <laughs> we gotta wait forty minutes for the worst thing we've ever seen on I the don't planet even know Earth. Why there's a lot." Tr- <laughs> and then we get in and the show is like rocking out for 30 minutes. And then you just like turn to me and it was like you, the other show was in a parallel dimension because both of us were like, that's the best show we've ever seen. When I went back with my partner a couple of years later, uh, like the year after, me and her saw the show every day we're at Tokyo Disney Sea, <laughs> And we actually caught, uh, we were there on a Saturday um, where they have nighttime performances of, of Big Band Beat. Uh, so we saw Fantasmic and then went to a 9.30 p.m. showing of Big Band Beat. And it's one of the best Disney Parks theatre experiences I've ever had in my life. Because usually, like you were saying, the Japanese are very polite and, you know, they'll just do a sly little golf clap or something after a show like Big Ben Beat. No, the rowdy crowds were out on a Saturday night. Everyone was singing (laughs) along. They were like cheering. They were pumping their fists and singing along with the songs. It was awesome. And that's one of the best theme park experiences I've had. So I can't really pass judgment on this because I would give this a zero for nappability, but I've only (laughs) ever seen the, I think it was maybe for the- 15th anniversary of Tokyo Disney Sea. They did a renewal of the show, and that's the only version I've ever seen. So to me, and even you, like if you watch our review of Tokyo Disney Sea, we call it our favorite theme park show on the planet. But that's based off this other one, which is the one that both of us have seen. You've only mm. seen this one by yourself. And I'd be interested if any of the listeners have heard it because you may have just fallen into an alternative dimension, which is just <laughs> Marie for 45 minutes meowing at you. I'm not sure. But what I believe th- yeah. the closest I've ever gotten is finding out that the special versions of Big Bam Bean don't necessarily have a name, but are literally just called Big Bam Bean Special. Oh, I give it a zero. What are you giving it? The original version for Napability, the meow version. The original version, I give a solid eight. <laughs> but the oh. new version, I would 100% agree with zero. Oh, phew, phew. Okay, I- I'll do the show next week now. I'm not storming out <laughs> anymore. <laughs> anyway, on that, that concludes our exploration through some of the most nappable attractions at Disney theme parks. And uh, I think our is- longest episode of all t- well, close to it. Yeah, I'm so looking at that So it shows how much we like- appreciate, you know, a theme park days are just so exhausting. So to find, you know, we're not saying a ride that you have asleep for the entire time, but these are just the best ones to sit back and just relax. Take a load off your feet because theme park days and especially theme park trips are exhausting. 
if we had extra time, we were going to go through and rank the theme parks on their nap ability. Ooh, um, let's just go a sequel out and episode. <laughs> the winner is Epcot. <laughs> so, it's the it's got the most nappable yeah. attractions in it so anyway guys that is it for the episode if you'd like to get into contact with us you can find me at review time dom find me at review time luke and you can find both of us at time review and hopefully one day at review time when we can finally figure <laughs> out the password for that twitter account anyway thank you very much for joining us in this very different episode and we will be back next week where we, i believe luke will be bringing us an attraction we're back to the old school let us know what do you think what are your nappable attractions and do you prefer these a bit of a different different style we're trying new things out while the podcast is relatively new so let us know yeah. your opinions in its infancy, we're, we're just trying out some different things and seeing what the water's like. But anyway, guys, that's it. We'll see you next week. The Review Time Podcast is brought to you by Luke Carroll and Dominic Lacey. We are produced gratefully by Luke Shekatano. Special thanks to our patron, Jake Cool, Jane McRoberts, Jeremy Kalfakis, Louis Nojira, Peter Matthews, Ruben Mays, Ray Dredge, John Madison, Michael Pinn, Janine Kerr, CG Lemonade, Josh Gillis, Tim Descanzo, Josie McDougall, Stephen Schwarzrock, Matt Sokol, and to you, the listener. The Review Time Podcast will be back next week.